It's a grand party with me, a grant party. That's music by Talk Time, Year of Self. This is a show of phone calls, hanging out with friends and chatting just because Papa needs it. That's why, just because Papa needs the company. Oh, behave. And we've got, <laughs> we've got yeah, baby. <laughs> morning zoo effects all over the place. So that's what this show is, talking with people who are my friends and then really testing the limits of that friendship with how annoying or needy I can be uh, or just childish in terms of playing with the sound effects with great timing. Um, what's going on? It's nighttime here, recording, as always, in Los Angeles, mid-city, Friday night, 6.43. The cats, they're all fed. Feral cats, they're doing happy. Me, been up for a while. That storyline, still ongoing, doing fine, doing well. Ashlyn's back. My wife, Ashlyn Anstey, has now been the most repeated guest here because because why wouldn't you be? It would be weird if you weren't. Yeah, I guess. And uh, you know, I I, uh, I I live here. I guess. It's I, also I do have fine. To ask, though, did you input that Austin Powers sound effect in yourself? Oh, behave! Oh no, this uh, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, I put it yeah, there myself. Um, wow. I I did one search for an MP3. I was thinking, oh, I want to grab all those kinds of like. And you added you know, one. You just picked that one. Yeah, I just picked one. Uh, I think this podcast is is sort of revealing how I'll just do a very minimal amount and then call it complete. I'm considering if un if this podcast being unedited is maybe not the greatest strength, but at the same time, we're just going to kind of leave it as is. So one episode at a time, we'll add in maybe. Hey, you know, maybe next up is a uh, a quote from Elf. Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's the church lady. Wait, maybe elf. it's a. Uh, yeah, from you know, Will maybe it's a Will Ferrell you movie. You like Elf? I don't know. There's Anyways, you know, it feels like a quotable movie. Smiling today. Oh, you want to already introduce um? The I third. just yeah. I mean, yeah. I just shocked you like Elf. I didn't know that. I mean, I just named Elf as the first. Um, Name one Will quote Ferrell from movie. Elf. Smiling. I like smiling. Oh, oh, smiling's my favorite. Smiling's my okay, favorite. I couldn't go. even get, uh, couldn't even get it right. <laughs> this movie, I suppose. I'm not saying I suppose. I'm just saying it's a uh, or Anchorman. I don't know. Whatever they're using on the Jack FM, I want all the Jack FM sound effects. That's what I'm talking all right. about. Um, okay, fine. Let's. Uh, we have a friend here with us. We don't want to embarrass her, do we? No, I don't think so. We want. We want to have a nice time. So. Let's let's gently segue into so Ariel Hirsch is her name. She's a friend of yours who's become a friend of mine, both of ours. Uh, she is a therapist, and as I've mentioned in previous episodes, which you know, a licensed therapist. I she is at the summit of the mountain, and I'm looking at a magazine called Mountains Weekly, and considering following that same path to maybe getting a master's in clinical psychology. And doing this, but talking less and listening way, way more, <laughs> listening way, way more and helping people have realizations and breakthroughs to improve their lives. What do you think, incidentally, about this idea for me doing this as my wife? 
Um, I think it's I think it's a really great idea. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited for you. Yeah. Would you be able to say no? I think it's a terrible idea. If you thought it was a terrible idea. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. You don't have to be like. Here. I want to do decorative knife throwing. I think I could be like, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No, thank you. And I'm not forcing you to be on the podcast. I'm like, you want to do the pod, and you're always like, yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Come on, let's introduce Ariel though. All right. You've hey, Ariel. Her. You've muted I, her. Not anymore. Ariel, are you there still? You were yeah. coloring last we spoke before yes. I hit the record button. Are you still coloring? Hello. Yes, I am coloring. Thank you for having me. You're what welcome. Thanks for getting on the phone with us. Of course. Happy Friday. Like, happy Friday. Do you like um, doing this without Zoom? Because you, you, you guys Zoom all the time. So you're seeing and talking to each other regularly. Um, yeah, we watch The Bachelor together. Yeah. But now we're watching each other's audio files come into form. It trips me out a little bit. Well, that's why I started coloring. I sort of like needed something to do with my hands. Since I can't see you guys and make eye contact, I needed to be occupied in some other particular way. But it yeah. feels like as long as I'm doing that, then I feel calm. We love feeling I calm. I feel you. Yeah. Sometimes I, like when I'm on the phone, I like to pace or doodle. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a common thing. People like often need to do something. Yes. With yeah. their hands. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, for me, it's just <laughs> clicking the air horn button, and now also It'll the, be, hey, the Austin oh, Powers. <laughs> yeah, 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 baby. Yeah. You gotta trim that down. You know, I, I honestly, I swear to you, I tried in both iMovie and Premiere before starting this, and I got so frustrated. Ask Cameron because I was texting with Cameron. I got so frustrated that I was like, "This is why I'm not editing it because I, I don't know how to do it." it I, I mean, theoretically, I know how to make the cuts. I've done it before with some editing, but for some reason, on this machine, tripping the edit the audio is messing me all up. So, yeah. just gonna have to wear it as a as a badge of strength and pretend it's good to unedit it. And it just immediately played the entirety of the Austin Powers movie. Like, <laughs> well. And I'm like, I don't know how anything to do. We just have to watch 90 minutes and then we can talk maybe. <laughs> but dude, um, but dude, Grant, I'm so, I'm so intrigued by your interest in becoming a therapist. I'm really, really curious about that process and want to hear you, your thoughts and talk more about it. Let's talk about it. So tell me, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than it's something that I think I could be good at and seems very rewarding and what Mm -hmm. it aligns very closely with what I would like to be doing. So I guess to answer your question, I want to ask you questions of maybe Ashlyn knows. I certainly don't. How long? So it's when did you realize that you wanted to do this? Was it when you were in undergrad? Is your did you kind of know this for a while or was it like take take us on the journey? It was a very winding path. Like I did, I did psychology as my major in undergrad. Well, it started out as creative writing and then I ditched that. And then I went to psychology and human sexuality as my like undergrad focus. But I remember at the time people would be like, oh, so you want to be a therapist then? And I was like, no, I don't want to be a therapist. That sounds too hard. But I mean, I was, you know, 19. I knew nothing. So I just basically at the time only just studied the things that were the most interesting to me. And I really wanted to focus more on human sexuality. So I was working at a sex shop for a while and we did a lot of like sex education and I was doing a bunch of trainings in that. And then after you got out of school, after you graduated with a psychology degree. Yeah. So psychology major, human sexuality minor. And then I was working at this shop and focusing on that. And then just realized that I was more interested in the relationships sort of below 
the sex lives. Like I was hearing a lot about people's sex lives and I was selling them stuff, which I, I'm a terrible salesperson. I have no interest in that. What was, was the, was it the, was it the place in West Hollywood that uh, also did uh, comedy? No. So I was in San Francisco at the time. So it's this place oh, okay. called Good Vibrations. That's like really, oh, okay. um, well very famous yeah, yeah really I feel famous like, i feel like dan savage talks a lot about it on his probably yeah podcast. it was like yeah it was like co- it was a co-op i think at the beginning and then female owned and then it's it was it's changed dramatically in the last i don't know 10 years or whatever um but really well-known shop but the one in west hollywood is the the, the pleasure chest that place is cool i've only been there a couple of times though gotcha uh, but it's a very similar vibe yeah you're from you're from san francisco area or that's where you went to school I'm from the Bay Area. Yes. So I went to undergrad and graduate school in San Francisco. So yeah, I had a really winding path. So I I do think that actually psychology and being a therapist in particular, it's one of the jobs that like your age only helps you. Like going back at a later age, I think actually is not a problem at all. But I didn't, I was out of school. I worked, basically I worked in the sex shop. I traveled. I worked at a whiskey shop. I worked in a law office. I went back to the sex shop. And then I went to grad school, I think when I was mm. 28. And so it was more that I was just doing more and more of my own therapy. And just, I've always been really curious in people's relationships. And I figured I just kind of wanted to keep following that path. So originally, I actually thought I wanted to do research, which is more of the sort of like clinical psychology route. Um, and then I realized that's not quite what I wanted. Also, you had to take the GRE to get into a bunch of schools. And that is not my strong suit. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I ended up at this program at the California Institute of Integral Studies in, in San Francisco and mostly was just really interested in the, in the program and the classes that they had there and was like, I think this feels right. I like to listen to people. I'm really curious. Yeah. I'm, I love therapy. I want everyone to do it. I feel no stigma around it. I want to be challenged. And so I just sort of went that way but it was never like a moment of like I want to be a therapist like everyone comes to me with their secrets like this is a thing I think I could be good at it was more like I love therapy and I want more therapy in my life so I want to follow this path and see where it goes well you know it's really interesting that you say that and I didn't know that but I really connect with it because it's this past year in particular I've doubled down literally so on therapy and been loving it yeah, and and yeah. really and and I've had good therapists before, but this one in particular, I feel like I connect with more. But I think largely it's just because I myself am more yeah. interested in the reflection and the growth and the the good pain of 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 forcing your you know pushing yourself out of your comfort zone on things yeah. and uh, you know growth. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Like I, I was even like it was so in talking with my therapist, realizing that I was considering this new path. It was almost like, wait a minute, is therapy a pyramid scheme? Is it like <laughs> you get a referral bonus for convincing your clients that they should become therapists too? Definitely not. I don't think everyone <laughs> takes that. It would journey. be a pretty funny, like multi-level marketing scheme. That'd be very slow it's and like, very unpaid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all a big... Recruit three more honeys to join this <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's it a very, work. it's a it long, would, it, yeah. it's like the yeah. one pyramid scheme that would be like good for everybody. Yes, if. that is true. <laughs> like everyone should do it. But I definitely don't think that that's a thing that happens to everybody that sort of people go to therapy and then want to become a therapist. I think it's a, it's a particular type of person who does that. And I mean, there is sort of the, you know, the wounded healer trope that a lot of us who go into therapy have sort of dealt with our own 
trauma mm-hmm. um, and are sort of trying to continue to, to, to heal the world around us. And I think that shows up a lot. Um, it's like I, the opposite yeah. of hurt people, hurt people, heal yes. people, heal people. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Heal, heal people, heal heals. <laughs> Healing <laughs> heals. Yeah. There you go. And and at your stage of things now, are you a, are you do you have a private practice? Or are you working with um, a group or or how does uh, like where are you at with uh, you're done with the schooling? You're done with done the with hours? The yeah, yeah. I've I have my own private practice. I'm coming up on almost two years being licensed next month. It'll be two years being licensed, and I guess two years in private practice. Yeah. So before that, I was in a group private practice, and then before that, I was at a the Southern California Counseling Center at a training site seeing clients there. So it's been, that's the one thing about the therapy journey is it is quite, it can be quite long. Um, so I've been seeing clients now, I guess, for like, I guess like six years, probably I finished school in what, like 2015. So it's been a while. Um, but I, you know, didn't really start getting significantly paid until I was in the group private practice. Like you, you don't make a lot of money for a long time. Um, but that is okay. It's just, a thing to know <laughs> about when, when, how it works. When you were doing grad school, were you also balancing a job or were you doing it full time or? Yeah. In grad school, I, what was I doing in grad school? I, I did have financial support from my family for some of it. I was still, I still had a job. I worked on campus. I worked at a grocery store and I was seeing clients and going to school. So it was a quite a time. Um, I think maybe like the first year I wasn't working at all, but the come towards the last year and a half, when I also knew I was moving to LA, I was like, I got to save up some money. And so I had two jobs and was seeing clients and finishing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a thing, but I do think that having, um, I mean, it's therapy is such a, it's the field is complicated because I think a lot of people who get into the field tend to have a fair amount of privilege because the amount of work you need to be doing that is unpaid for how long, um, really limits the amount of people who can do it, which I think is a problem. Like I think that more people need to get paid earlier and that schools should be cheaper. So it's a really complicated um, process of who, who ends up becoming a therapist and why that is. Yeah. So yeah. That's something on my mind a bit, although I don't know enough yet is, but it seems like if you are in private practice and you've got, you know, some steady clients, you can also then make time to specifically do outreach to yes. vulnerable yeah. communities that are underserved in this area so that it's not yes. just, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's sort of like kind of like the the lawyer model. It's like once you're actually making money, you can give a lot of like pro bono work. And like yeah. I still have a number of clients that are not like my full fee. So that was a big part of it is that you have sliding scale clients and each therapist has their own like rules around what that is. But it definitely is like, you know, the clients that I'm seeing now are not, well, one, some of them are the same clients I was actually seeing back in the day. But in terms of like financial disparity and differences, it's like, yeah, it's it's a it's a whole system and a whole process. It's complicated. Even six years seems like a long time to me because my uh, before when I was using the sliding scale therapist, it seemed like mm-hmm. I, I sort of had to change over for insurance reasons or just for mm-hmm. cost reasons. Um, how, how long have you been seeing? Are you somebody that's like had a, a long standing relationship with with your own therapist? Um, you changed uh, a number of times. I've changed a number of times. When I was in San Francisco, I had sort of like two long-term therapists. Since I've been in LA, it took me quite a while to find to find 
a few that I settled on, but like one I was seeing while I was still training and she really felt like what I needed during, during my training, which was someone just to be like extremely validating and just to be like, this process is hard. You will get through it. Keep going. You're not dying, you know, sort of like you can do it. Um, and that was really helpful at the time. But then once I started finishing that process up, I was like, okay, I think I need less validation and more like challenge. And mm-hmm. so then I switched to another therapist and it was the first male therapist I'd ever had. I'd only had female therapists and it felt like an important turning point for me to actually be working with a male therapist. Um, and I saw him for, I guess, maybe like two years. And then recently I switched because I started to do um, EMDR. And so that was a specialized type of therapy that he didn't do. What's EMDR? It's eye movement desensitization uh, reprocessing, and it's a type of trauma therapy where you use bilateral brain stimulation to reprocess traumatic memories. It's very mm. complicated to explain. Um, I think I'm familiar with yeah. what you're talking about, and that's a pretty good explanation uh, for yeah. it. Yeah, you're yeah. you're like very consciously recreating and reliving memories in a in a physical way with your eyes, in a certain sense. Not like in the sense of like, you're, you're not like rebuilding a thing, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, they used to do it. So why it's eye movement is that literally the therapist would sit in front of you with their finger and they'd move their finger back and forth and you would follow their finger with their eyes. But over time that got tiring for the therapist to do. So a lot of times now therapists use buzzers that you hold in your hands and they alternate buzzing from one hand to the, to the right hand to the left hand back and forth as you're sort of thinking over a traumatic memory. But there's a lot of like, um, resourcing that you do before you go into the memory. So you think about like imagining a safe place or a supportive person, all these sort of internal resources that you create so that when you go back into the memory, you're not just like throwing yourself into like re-traumatizing yourself. But I like to think of it as sort of like, you know, a filing cabinet where sort of all these memories that are from your past that should be filed back are still in the front of the cabinet and they're still sort of operating on you. Like they're still happening, but they they're done. Right. Which is like the same thing as like post-traumatic stress, sort of like you're, you're responding to things as if that thing is happening to you right in that moment. And you're still reliving the danger, although you are not in danger. So I think of EMDR as a process to sort of like, you're like pulling out those files and sort of like shaking them up and like looking at them and then putting them back where they need to go. But once again, your brain just does it. It's so, it honestly, the times that I've done it myself, it feels like magic. I'm not trained in it. I wish I was. Um, I, I would like to get trained in it at some point, but it's just crazy what your brain can really do. And so these memories, like when you think of them again, they just do not hold the same kind of power, if that makes sense. So like, so- yeah. Like it's incredible. Is so cool. It's so cool. Like it's really wild how it can work. But like a like a memory that's funny that, funny can, that it mm-hmm. it's it sounds like uh you know, it, it sounds very advanced, but it's also funny to think that it's also like the cartoon version of what therapy looked like 20, 30 years ago of like somebody <laughs> like hypnotist it looks like right, hypnosis. Right, right. Like yeah. just like follow my finger, look at the you are now feeling very good. You're feeling <laughs> That was, well, yeah. Uh, no, that it makes a lot of it's it's fascinating. It's really, yeah. I wonder how, yeah. I don't know. I want to, I want to, I want to both engage in it and learn how to do it, like you say. Yeah, I mean, I think, and partly why I wanted to do it more myself is that I would get a better sense of what it was like before I did training in it. Um, just because I think I always yeah. think it's better to start out as a client, um, just because you need to understand what that feels like to be really 
in the in the position I think of being a practitioner because it's just I think it's deeply important and a part of the empathic process to sort of be on the other side. Yeah. Um, but it's really good for specific traumatic incidences. I'm using it in a bit more, like I'm not using it for like a, a one traumatic incident in my past. It's sort of like a combination of like layered stuff that has created a lot of shame in the way I operate. So kind of trying to dislodge some of that. And it's been, it's been fascinating. It's been helpful. Well, I'm convinced yeah, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to, I mean, well, here's a totally different question. Here's a, yeah. here's a bit of a pivot. Cause I mean, I feel, I feel like it, I feel like I'm going to do it. I, I mean, we're going to keep talking about it. Do what? Become I'm a therapist? I mean, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to start the process. So which school? So I know you said you were looking at a couple schools. What's, Where did you go to school? You went oh in the Bay Area. You in said. the Bay Area, yeah, yeah. So I went yeah. to the California Institute of Integral Studies. Um, I was looking at Pepperdine and Antioch. I've heard good cool. things about both, and yes. uh, Antioch looks pretty good to me from what I've seen so far. Yeah, but I was looking at their programs do. last night actually after we talked about it because I was like, oh, I'm curious. They have a lot of different programs too because it's like they yeah. have the clinical psychology program, but then they also have the MFT program. So it's like they're slightly different, but I don't know if you have like a preference or what you're leaning towards. I want to be, I mean, I want to be a private practice clinical therapist. Like I, whatever, I think that whatever that path is, whatever, yeah, gets, I mean, whatever gets you working, you know, fastest. But here's what I'm wondering is that you and Ashlyn have been friends for how long have you guys been friends? I've been in oh, LA wow. five years. So, and I'm pretty sure I've been friends with you. I can't, I was trying to remember when we that met whole time because pretty you, much that whole time. Yeah. Because I remember when you came, you arrived <laughs> and I don't know if this is like, like TMI, but I remember there was a time when you first arrived and there was some talk on wh- if you were going to date one of the guys in the front oh, group. Oh, right, right, right. You thought I was <laughs> right, which did and, not happen. Wait, wait sorry. Yeah. I missed that. Date one of the guys where? In the friend group. She thought that there oh, was the one friend, friend that... I, well, to be fair, I did have a crush on him, but I was we did not date. But Ashlyn met at his, I mean, we, we met at his house, right? Yeah, he was and we were like, all like trying to we were all like trying to make it happen for like. We well, I didn't like, know you yet. Like, I didn't know anyone new either. I was just like, oh, I guess I'll come over. I don't know anybody, and you were the only other girl there. And so I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, it is it is sort of like um, uh, fresh meat at a high school. <laughs> where you know you meet a nice lady and you've got one of the guys in your friend group and you're like well maybe maybe they'll want to date and and that'll make it and maybe she can stay and and we can all be friends <laughs> but thank goodness that she I stayed she anyways stayed anyways you but know. so that was that was really quite soon after I moved here so I do think we've been friends for pretty much the whole five years yeah, yeah. and there and, and Ashlyn is one of my like fiercest therapy advocates like out of yeah. pretty much anyone I know she's like the go-to person when people want to start therapy or have questions around therapy. She's a huge advocate. So that's always awesome. It's it's funny because my first few experiences with therapy were like not great, I would say. Like I I had some bad experiences with therapy at the beginning. But, you know, I think once you have like a good experience, um, it really does change your mind. And I think that that's like the problem – I think, or like the misinformation with therapy is like every therapist is the same, maybe. Oh, they're so not, yeah. Um, so, so different. Uh, 
but but yeah, I I I feel like I am a big advocate for therapy and um just in general I think there's a lot of like misinformation about like mental health and stuff yeah, that yeah. I think I think people, you know, I think the more the more people are encouraged to sort of seek seek uh doctors visits for their mental health like they do for their physical health, the better off we would all be. Um Absolutely. So wait a minute. You moved yeah. here in 2015, you say? Yeah, I think it was November of 2015. So the very end of 2015. So yeah. I've known you the whole time you've been out here. Pretty much. I can't. I was trying to remember the first time I met you too, and I could not recall. Ashton I think and we were, I were already dating in 2013. So theoretically, yes, you guys I'm were around. definitely together. I've never known Ashlyn single. You guys were definitely together the whole time. Um, wow. wow. But yeah. okay, so but you're a therapist. Ashlyn and all of her people are animators. Yes. This connection happens, I'm assuming, because of your brother, or how does it happen? Sort of, so, sort of my brother, but it's also Ed. So our friend Ed was animation. Ed Scudder, Ed Scudder was like animation buddies, partners with this guy named Zach Keller, and Zach Keller and I went to high school together. So like many, many, many years before that, in like 2008 or something, I'd come down to LA. And went to a St. Patrick's Day party at Zach's house, and Ed was there. And I met Ed. Actually, te- technically, Mike Nassar and Nick Ainsworth were there too. But I only really became friends with Ed. And so then, when I moved down to LA, and Ed and I were like Facebook friends for a long time, and he wasn't even dating Lynn yet. It was like very early on. Um, and so when I moved to LA, I was like, I need to make friends. Um, and my brother is in animation, so to be fair, Alex knows everybody in animation. And the first time I met Cheyenne is because my brother took me to a party at Darren Nefsi's house, who's an animator person too. That's a lot of names for any, for, I guess I should (laughs) have said this way up top, but Ashlyn, Ashlyn coming off, I forgot to, to give the context that uh, the show Gravity Falls is made by your brother and you're the basis of. One of the characters, one of the main characters. The main character. Yeah. There's, there's two main characters, a a set of brothers. It's a brother and sister and you, you're twin, you have a twin brother. Yeah. So it's based off of of us, a set of twins. And I remember asking if, even after I knew that you were a twin, I remember asking you if you were the older or younger one, and you were like, "We're twins." And I was like, "Yeah." So do you no, look like I'm older? Or... <laughs> well, the question I get a lot is, "Are you guys identical?" When I say it was a, my, I have a brother, so it's like we we can't be identical. But I am older by fifteen whole minutes, <laughs> and I will hold that over his head for our entire lives. You are, yeah, you're definitely the more mature one. <laughs> I've never met him. I've never, I've never met your brother, but I've only, I've always, I I thought Ariel predated me. I thought Ariel was here prior to the Grashland Union. No, no, but it's not true. Grant has seniority over (laughs) Ariel. Yes, yes, you do. Why am I feeling newer than Ariel? Grant, we've been dating for. I mean, we've been married. We're married now, but we've been dating for a thousand years. <laughs> One thousand years. I'm not sure it's been that long, but the fact that it feels that long to you is something that uh, we need to talk about. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> is it because we're having so much fun or or because it feels like every hour with me is 10,000 hours? It's only been 27 minutes, but it feels like... Have I been talking for 270 minutes? Isn't that how it feels? <laughs> 90 minutes of two Austin Powers plays. So 120 weird, minutes. But, but Ariel, I math. remember when when we first met, I think you were still doing training, I guess, to be a therapist. You I were was still- out of school, but I was doing, yes, but I was still in my, yeah. um, like, quote, my internship, technically, which is now. I remember you hitting 
because you had to do how many hours was it of like three thousand clinical hours? Yeah. So when I hit that mark, yeah, clinical 3, hours. hours. I was thinking, how, how long? Like it's, I. Uh, it seems like it either takes a year and a half or like three plus years to accumulate those hours. How how long did it take you? Was it a couple of years to? I think it was three years. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically, I was like three years in school and then three years in training. Um, I think that's correct. Were you yeah. doing the school part time though? That's what I'm wondering. No, school was full time, and then the training started out as p- part time and then became full time. Like you could take, you have six years to do the whole thing, so you have to do it within six years. Um, but you can. I it would have taken me longer if I had to have more full time work while I was here. But does it I have was, to take six years? Is what I'm wondering. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Is it, it going to take me six years? I'm and now. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. I don't know about six years. Six years. I can't think six years ahead. Well, I mean, school is going to take you probably two or three years, but you start seeing clients in the last year, and then that last year usually counts towards your like you're starting to accumulate hours. So that year, so it could be like five years, maybe total, if you include school. Um, it depends on the program, though. I mean, it's a it's a chunk of time, but it's like I mean, it's a commitment. It, it really is, and it's. I thought this was more like two years tops. Two, yeah, I wouldn't say so. But again, it yeah, it's it's. I the, mean, you're starting to work within within two years, basically. You're just not really making money. You're just not making money. Like you start seeing, like you're making your your yeah, your money is hours. So basically, you just yeah. need to accumulate hours. So when I met Ashlyn, I was still in my process of accumulating hours. Yeah. And then when I hit the three thousand hour mark, that was a very big deal. Um, but then soon after that, you can take your clinical exam there's you're probably gonna have to take two tests it's a law and ethics exam and then your clinical final exam and then once you pass that you're licensed but it's quite a process and I mean and it should be to be a therapist is it's a big uh, deal, it should yeah. be hard like because it's not an easy it's not an easy job but um I don't think you should let the amount of time daunt you but I do think it should be realistic around the fact that it is quite a process my therapist was honestly like yeah I think I did it in like a year and a half but I think maybe he meant the schooling yeah, because it's schooling, because I know my program was three years, and I think most of them are two. So in that sense, like you could cut it down by a year, because I, I had that third extra year. But And even like you start seeing clients, you're probably then your second year if you were in it for two. But then the amount of time it takes to get all the hours just depends on whether or not you have money coming in from somewhere else, right? Because if you're not working, and you can just see your clients and see all your hours, it also takes time depending on what training site you're at, how many clients you can have. You have to have a minimum. But I don't think it's like you can only see so many clients in a day or in a week in terms of what's you know possible emotionally and physically for you to do. So it just depends how much you can kind of bust it out. Yeah, it's going to require some further pondering. But yeah. my 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 finger is more seriously than ever circling the button of like, let's do this. Let's give this a shot. Yeah, but yeah. it's also a huge commitment. So gotta. It's a big. It's a lot to think about. I mean, I think. Uh... There's, I mean, there's so much, uh, but also you only live YOLO, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, once, right? And it's I wonder if this is interesting to anybody but me. I feel like this is the most <laughs> selfish thing in the world that I'm I think it possibly. Is. I think so. I think it's yeah. intriguing. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely benefiting because I'm like, it's helping me ponder this decision. I mean, the other thing is then just looking at the a lot of people over. I think a lot of people over the course of this pandemic have have thought about making big life changes yeah, like this. Absolutely. You know, whether it's moving across country or like, you know, it, it just I think that that like 
it sort of changes your whole priority. I mean, Ariel got her first cat. I did. Uh, I did. I I had another friend just text me now who is like, I'm thinking of getting a cat. Um, I'm thinking of getting a pet. I, you know, I've had a lot of friends move away. Like, I think, I mean, it's a, it's a huge chunk of time, but like, I I, I don't know, like, why not? I uh, getting a cat and uh, going to grad school do, I guess (laughs) they're pretty, they're pretty equivalent. I I think it's equivalent. They are. I mean, they're both a twenty-year commitment. Grass yeah. Yeah. only six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two really in the long run. Yeah, that's but my yeah. Uh, yeah. I just feel like I I don't know. I'm just a big advocate of like whatever is the thing that is like moving you the most in that moment. Like, what other path are you to follow except the thing that makes you the most excited in that moment? Right. So it's like, okay, so yeah. go to grad school, and if that doesn't work for you at some point along that line you can change your mind again. Like you don't have to finish. You don't have to do it. Like my feeling is that it feel is that it fits in with what I'm already doing with writing and with the other things anyway. Like, I feel like it's an extension of, of kind of the same, uh, interest. And mostly it's also so that, uh, I don't have to work in marketing if I don't want to and nothing against the jobs that I've had, but it just seems like, you know, 2020 is definitely, it was a year of reflection for sure. Of just like, what? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, also it's just hitting a certain age or something, or honestly the taking the therapy also everything all factoring in. But that said, what else is going on? I feel like all I'm talking about is whether or not I'm going to go to grad. I mean, it's interesting. Well, I wanted to hear about it. I mean, also to be fair, it's like you can get a master's degree and then not necessarily get licensed. So you still can have a master's degree. A lot of people have that degree and then go into something else. So you don't, and the licensing part is the part that adds on those extra years. So like you can, I mean, people go into coaching sometimes or get certificates to do that. It's just, it's not regulated in the same way as therapy, but like you'll have a degree and that's awesome. And then what you do with that is up to you, right? But I think in that process, in terms of like committing to that process, is a little bit less intimidating of just like, okay, yeah. I can do this for two years and then I can decide what feels right for me after that. You know, if I may, it mm-hmm. seems like you're very, it seems like everybody who's, who's, who's reached the summit, like you have is very satisfied with the decision. Like, I don't hear any, like I, I have yet to meet somebody, which I've only talked to a few people uh, who have recently completed the schooling or have completed it. And, and it doesn't seem like it's a, decision you regret it seems like one of the best oh. decisions of your life is that right yeah i i don't regret it i mean i i think it is a hard job and i do question myself a lot in it but i don't really question the the job it's more like i sometimes want to make sure my life is balanced with other things but i think like for me it just i didn't know what career i wanted for such a long time and that was really painful for me and so finding a career that fit in the way that it has, has been really, really important for me. So I know I don't regret it. I find it, I find it really satisfying, although it is a emotionally complicated job. And that's just something I keep sort of sitting with. And, yeah, you know, one of my, one of my teachers in grad school, someone was like, Oh, well, what point did you feel like confident about being a therapist? And he was like, Oh, you know, like 10 years in, and I was like, six years into this, I'm like, yeah, I kind of get that, though. There's just still this always like kind of lingering imposter syndrome thing, just because your work is so relational. And you sure. don't get a lot of validation, except for the fact that people keep showing up, and you know, you have this relationship with them. But like, 
no one's really giving you a pat on the back in the same kind of a way, you know, which I don't yeah. need. But sometimes I'm like, am I doing a good job? Like you just I, I for me, it's I have to really validate myself. And that can be difficult. I mean, to be fair, I have colleagues in consultation groups. So I'm still like, in connection with other therapists and getting that feedback. But it's um, that is even, part of it. Yeah, for me, that's for a good me. point. Oh, my gosh, I didn't consider that. Oh, man. But it's like you You're do right. know Although when you I, have relationships like, are important. Ashlyn, how are you with this? I feel like I'm always pretty thankful in trying to point out where they where the therapist helps me. But I guess it's also true that like you would f- you feeling taken for granted or feeling could, unappreciated. Despite well, it's, being it's hard food. because like, I mean, it's not like you get to see the results of your work though. Like you, they kind of leave the room. Like it's like, yeah, they can be like, thanks. But like, right. it's just well, a different, it's, it's not like, I mean, I, I even say in my job, like where I'm like, oh, I wish I had more validation or thank you for your, my work. Yeah. And I'm getting praise or, or it's like, or like notes or feedback. Um, and I guess I shouldn't say yeah. that I don't get that kind of appreciation from my clients. Cause I do, it's just not as like, common necessarily or as like direct it's no like I mean but every now and then I have had a client say something like very directly nice to me and that's always like a really good day (laughs) but sometimes it's just like it's just the fact that you have a relationship with someone and you really trust that that relationship has um a foundation of like trust and depth to it that's just like like that's the thing that's rewarding but it's you know um also I think the thing that don't Mm-hmm. I mean, do you feel like, you know, it's, you know, each hour that you spend, you're directly helping a person in a like pretty tangible way? I guess so. I mean, that's just one of those things that sometimes, well, that's something I'm trying really hard to divorce myself from is the idea of like, knowing what help actually looks like. Because I think a lot of times, even as a therapist, I forget this sometimes that like sitting and listening to someone for an hour and not saying a word can be incredibly supportive. But I think sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to say something or like get in there. And it's like, that actually isn't the thing that's helpful right now. It's just being present with someone and like what it takes to just do that. Like that is so helpful. But sometimes I can forget it. I can kind of get into this like helping mode or like you, like Ashlyn said, you don't always get to see the change in these certain kinds of ways. I do actually see a lot of change over my with my clients over the course of years. But like the change tends to be a lot more emotionally subtle um, sometimes it's dramatic. Sometimes people make big life decisions that you're like, wow, that was, that was unexpected, but it's like, and of course you're changing too. You're also going through. Yeah. Your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And sort of getting my own experiences that I'm that, that are feeding my work and it's just, it's just really complex. Yeah. And I think also, feel, a lot of, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Do you feel like your clients change you as well? Like they, um, yeah, absolutely. My when my therapist said that to me, it was like a a, a light went on of like, oh, of course, like I, mm-hmm. you, in the way that like a child doesn't imagine their teacher can also be at the supermarket, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. yeah, obviously, yeah, that. Duh. But I, mean, I just I see my clients more than any other phrased it of yeah. like yeah, my clients have a, definitely have changed me and have have made Absolutely. me things in new ways and so on. So Absolutely. it sort of never stops. Yeah, yeah. It's a I'll really- need to stop interrupting, though. I oh, got to no, get no. better at that, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely something in terms of <laughs> it's. <laughs> you don't think that clients are going to appreciate the uh, 
the, the, the zoo crew. Um, yeah, I probably got to work on that. Although my, I do, I do like what I've, you know, for me as a client, I think one of the things that I liked in my current therapist was he'll give me his opinion on things. Like, it, yes. it's, yeah, I would get frustrated with therapists in the past where it was all Socratic and all yeah. like yeah. reflective without offering some sort of, you know, an, sometimes I'm just looking for another view, Yes, you know, yeah. to just, like think through a thing. Um, well, that's why like sometimes direct feedback or like being interrupted actually can, it can be helpful. Once again, it just like, there's so many just like clinically different moments for what all these different parts are needed. Like, and also the relationship is each relationship with every client I have is so unique that it's like some people I might be really direct with and other people I would never be, or some, someone I might interrupt and be like, Hey, we got to stop this process and like reflect on something different or take a breath and someone else I might never interrupt. Right. So it's like, you just adapt yourself to the relationship like you do with friends. Like, you know, every person you have in your life, it's like you're a little bit of a different version of yourself. It's the same thing. So it's not like you're getting rid of that part of yourself. It's just going to show up in service of your clients in the moments that it's necessary. Right. So yeah, it's fun. <laughs> you know, it's relationships. It's basically you're building a lot of relationships. I think the one thing they also don't tell you about in school, which is a bummer, is that also it's about how many relationships like, are ending like a lot of relationships with your clients end and that's something I never really thought about that it's like you're building a lot of relationships but you're, you're also tolerating a lot of endings and that can be pretty hard too and and sometimes it's wonderful where it's like you've finished working with someone and they've done so well and then it's time for them to go and ultimately that's kind of what you want a lot of your clients to do is to not really need to work with you anymore but it can be really sad where it's just like this person that you've seen more often than your friends for years and then they move on you know and that can be hard i can imagine that would be really frustrating of like because you don't there's you you know the story just ends abruptly yeah yeah it's so sad i've definitely like a couple of my older therapists uh in san francisco i definitely emailed them a couple years later just being like i thought about you i'm in this process now and i just liked kind of giving them a little bit of a a recap and because i missed them and both of them were both like very grateful to kind of just get a little bit of a uh, a peek into what my life was now. I kind of wish some of my clients would do that every now and then. I'm like, I just want to know. I just want to know what's happening in their lives. I'm like, because yeah. I've been seeing my therapist now for ooh, five years. Yeah. Five years. Time. Yeah. And I don't even, like we see each other now maybe once every three weeks or once every four weeks mm -hmm. and like I don't even know what le like not seeing her would be like at yeah. this point you know yeah do you have any um I haven't I think I've tried to look up my therapist on Twitter but that was it and I forgot <laughs> about it oh God. do you yeah. have any that like like what happens if um do you have any clients that like you know what I mean like I would feel like that would almost be tempting too, if like somebody like disappears and you want to like kind of check up on them the same way that you would, I don't know, like an ex or an old friend or something. You'd be like, I wonder what this person's up to now. Yeah. I really try not to do that just cause it's sort of like a, it's a boundary thing. Um, but do clients like, try to do that or is that, or yeah, if they do, I don't know. No one's really told me. So I had one client who did find out my connection to gravity falls. Um, mm. Cause she did end up Googling me for some reason, but she actually really liked it. And it ended up being sort of a supportive thing for us. But like, I am curious about that. If that's a thing that certain people know about and either don't tell me or don't ask or 
Yeah. But unless people bring it to me, I just sort of assume that they don't know. But I mean, that's something that I think about, like even doing a podcast like this, it's like anything I say, I have to take into consideration the fact that I am putting that out into the world. Right. And that, I mean, that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, I'm, I'm doing these every day just to, uh, I mean, I've just been, we've, we've, we tried doing like a podcast earlier too in the, uh, outbreak of video one, mm-hmm. but I couldn't quite get it together. But there was, a, but there's always just this thing of like, before even thinking about therapy of just like, Oh, Ariel is so fun to talk to. I always want to just talk to Aww. Ariel, and like have a conversation with Ariel about whatever. Cause it just like, I feel like that's we both, nice. uh, what, what I feel, I feel there was some other, I'm not a twin. Are we both Gemini? <laughs> is that it? We're both Gemini's. Yeah. There it is. That's the thing that I, I, I just Gemini's. Gemini's wacky Gemini's and uh, yeah twin is just I mean how much have you thought about like uh like or you know do you as a are you into astrology at all I think it's fun I don't really know it well enough to know much about it but I do think it's fun and I like yeah. looking stuff up every now and then but like I don't have a for a lot I of people that's really therapeutic yeah it is it is I, yeah no that's uh, a lot of my clients actually really like astrology I think like anything, it's just a matter of like, if you get something really supportive and helpful from it, like, and as long as you're also thinking about things critically, like there's nothing wrong with that at all, you know, just like getting supportive guidance in, the, in a way that feels yeah helpful, you know? But yeah, I mean, in terms of doing a podcast or doing, or just like being on social at all, it just, it feels all possibly like just a giant liability. Although on the other hand... I don't feel like I'm saying it. I feel like all I'm doing is being dumb at worst. I don't think it was. Hopefully, I'll learn. Hopefully, over the progress of the show, I'll I'll like learn how to have conversations better. Well, you know I mean, I, mean? I think. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you you have conversations really well. I think it's also just a different dynamic of like when you're talking to your friends and when you're in the actual role of being a therapist. I do also think that like with social media, the way that it is, like more therapists are becoming a lot more human. Like mm. there's a lot of therapists on Instagram and like the, I'm, I am curious to see sort of how that evolves. Like the therapists who are sort of social media influencers at the same time. It's like, how do you balance that personal side and that professional side? Like, like Ashlyn and I talked about this one there, one woman who was a therapist on the bachelorette, no, on the bachelor. And I was <laughs> always like, interesting. What a, like, how are you going to be this public figure and also therapist? But I think it's doable. Like, I think you just have to figure out where those boundaries are and what you feel like comfortable sharing. And also if stuff comes up, you just talk about it with your clients. You know, if there's something about that, that they find not good or something, you just can talk to them about that. But I also think some people might be drawn to that. I think a lot of clients want to know more about their therapists and that's again, a fine line of what feels sort of supportive and what feels boundary pushing. I think it's harder like nowadays to not have a social. I like, just, not yeah, more people do it. Online. That's yeah. the problem. Like I, I keep thinking like when even five, five, 10 years ago, it was like, if you were a teacher, you, you were supposed to like somehow be this like pious saint. Online. Right. Right. Yeah. And I just don't know how, people are expected to enter adulthood or like enter a career being like everybody's got a online everybody's got like an online online. yeah Yeah. at this point they do like it's almost yeah it's fairly impossible not to so it's I mean that happened when I was in grad school I had like a tumblr that got 
kind of big right around the time that Gravity Falls was hitting. And I got all these people and they were like, I was like doing YouTube videos and answering people's questions about Gravity Falls. Because I, I deleted the whole thing. But like, yeah, it was like this moment where I was like, oh, this is so fun. I'm on Tumblr and I'm answering people's questions. And then I, but it was like right as I was becoming a therapist and I was like, mm. oh, actually this feels too complicated for me. And so I just like deleted all of it and kind of went off. But it was such a weird thing. I still struggle with it. I don't quite know what the what the line is for me. And I'm trying to figure out how I want to like utilize that in a way that's is actually supportive for my work. But I don't know yet what that looks like. But it is, it's complicated. I guess I just don't think you have to worry about it though, in terms of the way that you're moving forward. It's just something to think about. Like how you it's want definitely it. on my oh it's definitely on my mind I I I've mentioned before too I keep kind of my fingers not as close my it's closer to pressing the confirm button for grad school yeah. but also it's circling around deleting maybe I don't know deleting social media or maybe at least just Twitter I've I've go back and forth on it constantly of whether it's yeah. helping or hurting my brain is it helping my relationships or just you know, making me view things in a like parasocial way and, and right, like, right. losing the forest for the trees and feeling passive rather than active in one's own life and, and actions. Um, well, I kind of think it's just a balance though, right? Because it's like if you delete it all, will that actually be sort of going the opposite extreme? Like, can you be somewhere in the middle and have that be okay? Or does that feel too difficult? I think that's what this pod is trying to be is yeah. like, it's, it's, uh, it's at the very least just honest and transparent I of, and, and then just conversations and just, it's, there's at least, even if, even, I don't know, there's, it's longer, it's long, it's longer oh. is what I like. And it's just whatever it happens to be, as opposed to being more crafted and succinct. Everything is like a sound bite. I want a longer sound yeah. than a bite. I want, well, I want a whole meal in a, dessert <laughs> well it sounds like it's just you trying to be like authentically yourself right like i think it's That's as long true. as we yeah, can blame my yeah. therapist for this show to be honest with you <laughs> great my, ther- my therapist is the one who's like well you know yeah why not just do it and i was like yeah. i don't know because of this this and this and and now you know my mom and my brother-in-law are on board so really i mean there's there's more listeners than i expected hopefully yeah. It's potentially all, it's not a ton, but it's... It's actually just your mom 30 It's times. just my mom a bunch <laughs> of times. And probably editing together a reel of just like moments that probably should just learn audio editing and edit them out like this. But for now, they stay. I'm, I'm really glad to hear your mom is doing better. Thanks. It was it was worrisome for a, a, a little bit there, right, Ashlyn? Yeah, it... I mean, uh, so for the listeners who are just tuning in, Grant's mom got COVID and was in rural Ohio, and she had she had sort of a, a medium case, and it was just just hard, you know. I think as a city in a city where you can get grocery delivery and stuff, yeah, um, just hard when you're you know you're kind of dealing with a virus where you you can't have those things. Um, but yeah, she's doing a lot better. Uh, and I think I back at work even. Um, mm. I'm really excited. My aunt is getting the vaccine next week. Yay! Um, so exciting. So that's really exciting. I think my mom and dad just found out that they are getting the vaccine, I think, in April. They finally have a timeline. <gasps> amazing, amazing. Um, in Canada. So that's, it feels like, you know, at least there's like timelines of things. Thank God, finally. Um, yeah, it just feels like 
you know, things are moving. Yeah. I'm getting my second vaccine. I should be getting my second vaccine shot in the in a couple weeks. So I'm excited for that too. That's so cool. It's wild. How we doing on how we doing on time? I know you guys have a Is Grant still there? Grant, did you die? Oh no. Oh, I had it on I had myself on mute and I was talking and I forgot I had it on mute. Okay. Grant, <laughs> did you die? No, I didn't die. I, uh, I'm reborn. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> hey, stop! Oh I gotta cut this clip. In yeah, half. baby. It's yeah. way too long. It is way too long. That clip. I and why do I always have to play them in, in succession? It. I'll show you how to edit that. You don't have to yeah. suffer that again. Oh, that's so we funny. might need to do that. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, wait, when did you get the first vaccine? I guess. Oh, the I first... got the first one last Friday. It's been a week. Dodger Stadium? No, I went to some spot in uh, West Hollywood actually. It was pretty it was pretty well done. It was very quick. I was very impressed. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, you, know who's, my... uh, you know who's here is the possum. Oh, oh no. Right now? The possum? Yeah, got the possum right now munching on some dry food right at the uh, periphery of the cat garage. Oh my Just God. So if you hear any crunching in the background, that's the possum. <laughs> Have you guys given the possum a name? This one is. Is it Patchy? That's Petun- it's actually Petunia. Are there multiple possums? There's multiple. You can tell by the amount of hair and the amount and how and their size. Oh my God. They're pretty. They don't like travel in packs, do they? Is it like a family of possums or you just see. You usually just see one at a time. Yeah, okay. That's so fun. <laughs> Earlier today, there was uh, there was two dogs that chased like five cats back into the garage. Oh my God. I was working. Somebody was walking their dogs, and then they they were fine. They were friendly. They just like ran back here, saw me, and then ran back. But uh, <laughs> little Prince had the uh, little Prince had the fear of dog put into him for a minute. But then he, then Ashlyn cooed and petted him and fed him Calm some tubes, and he was just fine. I gave but, him uh, a, a also, tube. He got a chicky tube, which is what he lives for. He loves to adventure <laughs> outside. And then sometimes the outside is threatening. Like it it threatened to rain today. Oh dear, that's the worst. And you know, so it's sometimes just very nice to remember that uh it's it's still January. The weather's great. <laughs> it was nice though. It was nice and overcast. Yeah. Uh Tamagotchi is your cat, aka yeah. Tama, aka Tama. Gachi, aka <laughs> Has had a lot of names. You you're with me in the indecisiveness on cat names. Ashlyn gets frustrated with me about it, but it you're, took me a long time to figure her name out. Yeah, you, you cycled through a few. I did, yeah. But Tamagotchi, it just it just settled on Tamagotchi, and Tama! she's my favorite. Tama, she's the cutest. But even Tamagotchi is it's it's multiple names. I mean, right? I also call her Tama. Yeah. So it's Tama, parentheses Tamagotchi, but there's more. There's more to the story. What were some of the early, earlier names? Do you remember? Oh my god, I don't. I most I sent them a lo- mostly to you guys. I remember. I think I sent a lot to Ashlyn. Yeah, there were. Oh we were man, the there feedback. were a couple. Yeah, I don't remember. I had a list going for a while. They were pretty silly names. I can't remember now though. But I was very indecisive. I was just like really worried I would pick something and then like hate it or feel yeah. like it didn't fit her or something. But it, I think it worked out okay. What uh, can you? Can you describe the visuals of Tamagotchi Tama? 
She is a dilute calico, and she's quite little. Last we checked, she was maybe like six pounds. I bet she's probably seven pounds now. She's gotten she's fluffed up a little bit. Um, and she dilute calico. Yeah, so like her coloring is not quite as strong as a regular calico, right? Isn't isn't that the difference, Ashlyn? Like, yeah. So calicos are like patchy, like tabby, gingery, like kind of some like blackish even splotties. But um, dilute means it's like almost like it's more, less opaque. Like it's kind of like got a whitewash over everything. Yeah, because she has like some little like orangey spots on her, but then she's got like like her toe beans are all like black and pink. And she's sort of like, yeah, kind of splotchy. But she's so cute. I love her so much. <laughs> um, and she's really smart. She plays fetch. And she's really like a good cat. Like she's not very demanding. She doesn't wake me up early. She doesn't really like get into trouble that much. She's like, she's like, I feel like I was trying to think if like cats have love languages. Her love language is play more than it is food. Like she doesn't care so much snuggling about food. More yeah. And she's finally snuggling more. She really did not sit on my lap or really like to be squeezed too much and now she'll really let me cuddle her and she like will just be sitting across the room and she'll just like squeak run over and then like flop herself down on top of me and it just makes me the happiest person in the world I love that I just I think that she's so such a good goofy she's cat. really goofy oh I found the list of names oh yeah so her original name was Katie did that's what she was named from the shelter mm. And I was I was thinking about string bean for quite a while. String bean was one of them. String bean's a good one. I like string bean. Um, but each of these also had a nickname built in. I remember because it wasn't just string bean, wasn't it? It was also like beanie. Was it like, stringy? <laughs> I think I just know that I was going to give her nicknames, but yeah, okay. string bean. Or like that was like, what, that's just what I loved is that it wasn't just like there was five names. It was <laughs> ten names because each name was two names, and and Tamagotchi continues. I quite like it. It's a it's it. I don't know. I don't even know anything about astrology, but it just feels like a generically Gemini kind of thing to be like, you know, it has to, it still has to be two things. I could see that. Yeah. I just want variety and novelty. Like those things are really important to me to kind of keep it mixed, mixed Ashland's up. Ashlyn's much more like, no, the name is the name. Really? You guys don't no have more renaming. Like, nicknames for your cats? We have lots of nicknames, but I... Yeah, that's okay. true. A lot of nicknames. No, the thing is, okay. The thing is, is that Grant changes their full names okay <laughs> so like so like we had w with the ferals for example they were originally all named after lacroix flavors uh -huh. it was purple mousse lemon lime um and uh i think shadow was always shadow but he then changed pompalooses name to squeaky okay. um and he changed shadow's name to hissy and then <laughs> lemon's name to peanut butter and then line there's a whole there's a whole like string crossword and he would change it like months later he'd be like okay we need to change the name that's so funny it suits better it's how would you remember though better and so yeah like i i'll be like okay 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 and then like they're like full name changes like they're not like they're like whole things so i'm like it's just like so it's so gemini it's so <laughs> gemini and so like, then i would I would remember okay so now I remember but then I would be talking on the phone like with my mom and I'd be like okay so like peanut butter and she'd be like who's peanut, who's peanut butter, butter? <laughs> yeah. who's peanut butter so that's so funny yeah that's, it's that's intense I because I always got moose and Zeus confused for a while goose like, so we misgendered moose we thought moose was mrs moose because we thought Zeus. there was like a lot 
Zeus was originally Mrs. Moose. And then, right. and then it was Goose. But then I realized that the Captain Marvel movie had a cat named Goose. So I was like, <laughs> well, I don't want to do Goose because there's a cat Goose. And then just his behavior, it seemed like, well, you got Prince, you got Zeus. Zeus is the kind of king of the this colony of feral cat gods and uh, Prince <laughs> the house cat likes to sometimes frolic with them, but like with the dogs today or sometimes, and that's why he's not out with the possum. He, he sees the real critters or he sees the real, you know, big dogs on the street and he's like, comes right back from mama's cheeky tubes. Mama's cheeky tubes. Mama's cheeky tubes. I feel like on mama's cheeky tubes and at an hour, thank you for hanging out, you guys. Ariel. Oh my God. Yeah. Thanks for chatting. If I you have any other talk. like therapy question thingies, feel free to let me know. I'd love, I love to talk about it. So this was great. It was huge. It was, um, I mean, I feel like it's just a matter of looking at uh, numbers and dates and thinking yeah. and, uh, you know. Exciting. But That's very exciting. I'm stoked Thank for you. you for being an inspiring friend. Oh, of course. That's a really nice thing to say. You guys seeing are so inspiring. You, seeing you do this is uh, definitely a huge um, encouraging thing. Hey, Ashlyn, thanks for being my wife. And yeah. And for hanging out uh, on You're the You're welcome. I thought about different voices to put on for that. <laughs> Yeah, you chose that one. You chose the meanest one. Why? Yeah. The sad music. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all, it's all good. I all right. We're gonna, no, we gotta stop. Austin, go to bed. Um, well, thanks well, for having me, friends. It was lovely to chat. How you feeling, Ashlyn? Great. <laughs> Good. Um, all right. Well, this has been the show. We're going to play ourselves out with uh, Year of Self again. And uh, you know who produced this podcast? It was Zeus, Prince, Milo, Moose, <laughs> Peanut Butter, Nala, Shadow, and Hissy, and Patchy and Petunia the Possums uh, as EPs. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks Bye. a lot. Bye. That's the show. Time to go. Thank you for listening. Write us a review if you listened all the way here. Write up five stars and say we're all real pretty. <laughs> <laughs>